0: All right. Well, welcome back to the Awakening Innovations Podcast. I am your host, Michael Barnes. And today we have another fantastic guest. Uh, this is on the second track of this podcast. And so I wanted to let everybody know up front, uh, there's going to be some discussion of some more difficult topics, but everything as always is PG-13. Um, and today we are talking with Rusty MacDonald, uh, MacDonald. Um, She is a full-time mom with a single daughter, and they live down on the Gulf Coast of Florida with two small dogs. She's an author and international speaker, and she's internationally known for sharing her story of abuse, poverty, and rape. Uh, But the important thing for today is that's not her legacy. Um, Instead, she inspires people all over the world to find gratitude, even in the darkest. So uh, stay tuned, and today so that she can uh, make you laugh, cry and appreciate what you have. So thank you very much um, for, for being here, Rusty. And thank you, for over having you. Me. Absolutely, absolutely. It's great to have you on. And so, you know, I always like to know a little bit about the, or I guess my, my audience likes to know a little bit about the people that I'm talking to. So, you know, give us, you know, the 30 second pitch on who you are.
1: I've never been good at that. I am a a funky, quirky, down-to-earth human being who has learned to appreciate my beautiful, flawed nature. Um, I'm a single mom. As you said, I live on the Gulf side of Florida, and I've written. I will be publishing my thirteenth book, the truth. I know. Me. I I don't write well, which is what makes this so exciting, but my story is very good. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my 13th book is The Truth About Poverty. And it coincides it with your initiative in the homeless world, because we were homeless. And it was very um, surprising and dumbfounding that an American can actually fall into homelessness. Yeah, there's just absolutely no reason for it. I think I think you can cure poverty, and once you cure poverty, abuse and neglect and domestic violence will, you know, reduce dramatically. But the question is, how do we cure poverty?
0: Absolutely. That's my large
1: question, so that's so,
0: what I Yes, that's that's a great question, and I'd <laughs> love to tackle that one as well, so. Yeah. yeah. So so let's go ahead and get into your story, tell us, Tell us your background. Tell us what's going on.
1: Uh, let's see. In the beginning. I grew up a very dirt poor. We had we lived in a bus. We had running water from a water hose. We didn't have, you know, facilities like normal people do. Um, and in the eighties, yeah. it was really extraordinary because poverty was huge, kind of like it is now, interestingly yeah. enough. Um, and as a child growing up, that's my world. That's all I knew. I knew from going to school that there were better things to strive for better, but I didn't really, couldn't really relate to anybody else's life being any different than mine. Um, And I used to save our food shelf food for other people. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I got into a lot of trouble for that. (laughs) (laughs) But in my world, I was just trying to help somebody else as well. Um, I attended 23 schools, lived in severe conditions, uh, married severe conditions, divorced severe conditions, and so following through that path and really learning about life in a a kind of more dramatic way than I think most people do. Um, I've been fortunate. I've traveled part of Europe. I have traveled most of the United States, so you know, there's always a silver lining if you yeah. keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, so so you were in 2023 20, or 27 schools?
1: 23, 23, can you imagine that? How did that happen? My freshman year, I went to three high schools. Wow. <laughs> I hated my freshman year. <laughs> And I'm looking at my daughter, who's a freshman now, and I'm going, I'm so sorry. You're staying in one school. She wants to leave the school. She hates, she hates it so far. And that's normal. Freshman year just stinks, no matter who you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to three freshmen, three high schools in mm-hmm. my freshman year. It just was nuts. But again, talking about the truth about poverty, my book, it really explores why poor people have to keep moving. Right. and it's migration in sense in the sense of um anything other than food shelter and employment and at that time in the 80s when you were poor you were poor yeah. it's there was no middle class there was no uh you know raise you know, and in florida it's a service community so you get treaded on a lot
0: uh, <laughs> you, know, okay. you know
1: it's it's all service carpentry it's not um there's not a lot of high-profile jobs in the majority of Florida. There's hubs, but I don't want to live in Miami. I don't want to live in Tampa. Good. Um,
0: I, I can go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mount. I didn't like driving in Boston, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no. Uh,
0: so how many of you were there living in this bus? Five. Wow.
1: Four. Four at the end. We be, we did become five when we migrated. Um, I was about seven, eight years old then, and we we ended up migrating across the state. Uh, and just again, food, shelter, employment yeah. is what the parent parental unit was doing. Um, in that, there was a lot of abuse mm-hmm. because of frustration and stress and and. Um, Yeah, frustration and stress. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and it's it's really I think poverty and abuse are parallel. I think if you can cure one, you can cure the other. And I think the root of abuse is poverty. Not to say that rich folk don't beat each other mm-hmm. up. But they all know
0: they do. Yeah.
1: I don't think I don't think it's like a neighborhood thing.
0: <laughs> you know? Right. I
1: mean, think th- club.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're right in many respects, right? And, and all of these, just call them social ills, if you will, have many, many causes. So as you mentioned, I'm, I'm looking to homelessness and the way I put it is there are a thousand reasons people become homeless and each person probably has, you know, 50 of them. Um, so it's, it's never, never simple. And so, you know, poverty and abuse absolutely go together. Um, if we reduce poverty we'll absolutely reduce oh, yeah. in my in my opinion wiping it out there there are other causes and as i say what what i talk about are one percent solutions right what can we do that'll help one percent if we do a hundred of those we're done
1: <laughs> i agree with that a hundred percent yeah <laughs> um i I love looking at the reality of homelessness and what causes homelessness because there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of judgments and assumptions. Yeah. You know, I'm the last generation to actually have a useful brain. Meaning, <laughs> that's offensive. Meaning, you know, when I woke up in the morning, if I were lucky, I'd have my Rice Krispies, but down here in the South, it was usually sweet rice. That was our cereal. So it was white rice, sugar, milk. Yeah. Anyway. You go outside and you'd stay outside all day. The door is locked. See ya, sunset. You better you better be home. Right. (laughs) Or if your middle name was called, that's a southern thing. Right. I nope, I'm not picking my switch. <laughs> so that was my childhood. We had to strategically plan what we were going to do for the day we we, we, we weren't attached to a mechanical device our yeah. our brains had to develop strategy had to problem solve how to not get caught <laughs> you, <know? laughs> I, you don't get caught <laughs> that yeah. was the big one um and and we we ran the fields we rode our bikes everywhere we you know you know nowadays the kids don't have that privilege and i think that perspective is a lot different um
0: yeah i have two kids as well um one is 17 one is 19 and i've noticed that as well in fact not only um when we were kids would we be kicked out in the morning and be let back in at dusk (laughs) but if you send your kid like down the block by themselves these days, someone will call on you. <laughs> right.
1: It's it's mind blowing how my generation turned out to be schmucks. <laughs> who who arrests parents for letting their kid play at the playground? Ooh. Yeah. If you're not gonna allow your kid to play at the playground, why build it?
0: Right. Why spend
1: my tax dollars and build something that's not gonna be touched? I
0: mean
1: yeah. this, it's mind blowing. You know, spend those tax dollars on having, like, teen centers or something where they can be productive and and facilitate and social. Um, And we've really disengaged, and I I strongly believe, disempowered our children by taking just simple conversation time away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really fundamental how many text messages I get versus the phone ringing. When the phone rings, I know it's a collector.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's some sort of i call. I mean,
1: <laughs> you just want my money. No. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's it's a time period that's interesting to be in the middle of. Yeah. For yeah. our generation. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have it. You know, if we got a letter in the mail, it took a month.
0: Woo! (laughs) (laughs) You know? five Uh, cents a minute to make a phone call, right? (laughs) Oh, my
1: gosh. Oh, I got my butt torn into making a phone call. I didn't know it was long distance. Back then, it was five cents a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) that was horrible. Um, Now, I don't know if we are evolving or devolving. (laughs)
0: my i'll just throw this out there um and probably get in trouble with a lot of my (laughs) woke friends um i think a lot of them have missed the boat right i think in so many respects we've gone too far so my mom talks about a pendulum goes back and forth right we were way over here we missed like Rationality, or where we want to be, and we're now way on the other side, is my personal opinion. <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to get me a lot of hate mail, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> Not at all. I think I think you know, if you are an individual who is purposefully listening to a show like this, like my radio show, your radio show, yeah. there's a myriad of people like us who have these conversations. <laughs> you're thinking with your mind you know, yeah. you, you tap in and tune in to a thought process. And I love doing this. I love having these conversations because it means that we're still alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And life happens so fast, just like the pendulum swings so fast, yeah. that yeah, we do if if we don't slow down, we do miss a lot of life. Yeah. And it's bizarre when you look at yourself in the mirror because in your head you're still nineteen. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, oh wow, is that a gray hair? Whoa.
0: if you meet, wait, I still have hair. Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um or when you try to roll out of bed and things start popping. <laughs> and cracking. How'd that happen? Yeah. Uh, it's it's something that has transpired over the last 20 years where we're in such a fast food culture yeah we don't take the time to just zone out and chill it's okay to stare at your ceiling it's okay to take yeah. the day off it's okay not to be in a hurry i absolutely adore the people as soon as your light turns green on the road they beat their horn you know those people <laughs> yes. I love them because they just remind me that I don't want to be like them. I don't yeah. want anything to do with that. Yeah. And I love relearning to live. And that's something that I talk a lot about because I think it's really important to breathe, take yeah. a step back. Um, we get caught up. We get caught up in our schedules. We get caught up in all of our work. We get caught up in family stuff. We get caught up in kids stuff. And it's constant go, 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 go. Yeah. That's not doing us any good.
0: I agree. I agree. So do you have suggestions how we can address this?
1: What I have learned to do, um, coming from an abuse background, Mm -hmm. I have found that I have tendencies to overcompensate because of insecurities. And one of the things that I had to do to survive my marriage was to be very impulsive because I never knew who was coming in the door. Was it Jekyll? Was it Hyde? You know, where were we going to be nice guy or what kind of guy are we going to be today? And I always had to be reactive. Right. And that is something that I've worked backwards at not doing anymore. Yeah. Um, and I still catch myself every now and then, but you know, it's a full survivor response is to be impulsive because you're always on eggshells. Yeah. Um, the process that I were have been working on over the last few years is to, sorry, that was off. <laughs> is to lie in my bed, extra, in the morning, and mm-hmm. I have this obsession with staring at my ceiling. I have nothing on my ceiling. It's a boring ceiling. Yeah. Really. There's nothing exciting about it, really. Um, yeah, yours probably isn't either. <laughs> <laughs> the dentist office sometimes has posters up there, but no. Yeah, okay. um, and I focus in on my surroundings. Yeah. I focus in on how my body feels. I focus my temperature. Like here in Florida, surprisingly enough, I've been waking up. It's like 48, 49 degrees. That's wow. fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a <okay. laughs> Um I lived in New England long enough to know I don't like snow. We, right,
0: exactly. We, I like my daughter. My daughter says she wants to move out of Cincinnati and move south.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm good. Um, but I listen to what's around me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, I have one dog that snores. It's hysterical. I, I purposely have satin sheets because that's a, that's a sensation that's very unique. Okay. Okay. Um, And I live in Jurassic Park, so once the sun rises, there's every single creature that you can imagine, dinosaur and all, that's outside my backyard, (laughs) so there's a lot of noise. And it's really shocking. You know, when you live in New England for as long as I have, I grew up in Florida, moved to New England, moved back. Yeah. And living in New England, it's really dead, like quiet, especially, you know, eight months out of the year when everything's frozen. Exactly. (laughs) But here, it's so loud with wildlife. Right. Um, even the lizards, you know, we got little tiny lizards and they make a bunch of noise in the morning. Yeah. But the perspective is tuning into that moment and tuning in and tapping in to your surroundings. And that's the best practice I've come up with so far yeah. to really appreciate being alive. You know, we're not guaranteed that we're going to make it in five minutes. We're not guaranteed that we're going to make it tomorrow. Yeah. And that's a really hard lesson to learn, especially when we're in a fast food culture. Yeah. You, boom, 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 boom. you have to take that time because you miss a lot. You miss a lot of life. And I, my daughter's 14. I've got three and a half years really <laughs> left. And I really want to enjoy it. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. And, and I get what you say. And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because the past few months, um i've started kind of doing that and i guess part of it may be i don't have to get up and drive my daughter to school anymore she's just started driving herself but oh, scary <laughs> i love it um yeah. makes my life easier so i've started waking up and praying for a while yeah and i get up and i've been doing this but i try to be more present as i walk the dog yeah um i live in an apartment Right. So I have to take her out. It's not like I can just open the door like I used to right. at the house. That was not quite as as uh participatory just opening the door. But now I try to pay more attention to what's going on around, just like you were saying. So um I've I've found that when I'm starting to get tense or stressed or whatever, I can utilize that to to bring me back. So that is uh, a great recommendation that you have there.
1: Yeah, and and I really hope that there are a lot of ears that hear this show because it's, it's a very different perspective when you slow down. Yeah. Um, and it's very shocking to me when I, because I travel back and forth to New England and uh, my daughter's father still lives there. Okay. And I go, you know, I'll go to Boston. It's like, whoa, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> slow down. Really, you know, smoke a joint, do something. Just slow down. Yeah. And your world is so much different and there's so much less that you need in your life. Like uh-huh. I find that since the last five years that I've been doing this practice, I don't need a lot of things. I don't need a lot of... I don't... Yeah. It, you just don't need a lot of things. Yeah. Um. And there's certain people you just don't hang out with anymore. Right. Um, there's certain things that you... Let go. You know, I don't I do not do the gossipy, toxic stuff. People start that. And I just... I shut down, walk away. I'm yeah. like, I'm good. I just... To me, it's not present. It's not an example of who we are authentically. Um, And I don't think that it's healthy by any stretch of the imagination. We have so much toxicity in our culture now. Right. That when you break away from that toxicity, it's really dumbfounding how your body reacts when you come close. I mean, you don't even have to be in it, just coming close to it. You can feel the vibration. That's like, whoop, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I love what you're saying, which sounds to me, you know, you have a choice. Yeah. In every moment of every day, you have a choice. Most people just turn on autopilot and go with what our current world says, which is go, 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 fast, fast, fast. But you don't have to. You can make the decision like I mean, honestly, this morning, right before this, I decided to take the dog for a walk. Yeah, you know, a lot of times I would be saying, "Oh, I've got too much to do," but I'm like, you know what? What's what's 20, 30 minutes?
1: <laughs> so, yeah. you get yeah. smacked by a bus in in right. that time, and you right. You know, your last thought is, "Oh God!" So it, it's it's again, it's really amazing. If you look at society outside of it, yes. when you slow down and you detach from these things that are toxic and you take a step back and you kind of look, you kind of look like this, you know, with your head tilted going, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Really I said that that came out of your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. Once and it,
0: I used to do that.
1: <laughs> right. And, and so here's a great example. My daughter wants a video game for her. Video player, her mm. game player, and uh, I'm looking at all these games. I like to play video games myself, so it's mm-hmm. not I'm not completely daft <laughs> in that world a little bit. Um, and there's this Jewel Crusher game, and um, people are addicted to it, yeah. and it's really so benign. It's <laughs> so bland. There's nothing to it. Yeah. At all.
0: Yeah. Except
1: you know pushing these little colorful things right and i'm going you're really filling your time up with that you right. really want a higher score because and and it takes you back into reality that people are just mentally shut down yeah and there's no creativity. There's no process of exploration. It's very difficult to get people to even have a family barbecue anymore because yeah. they're so attached to these machines that yeah. mentally shut them down.
0: Absolutely true.
1: And our children are growing up like that because our parents, you know, their parents are attached to these machines. So the kids are attached to the machines because they're not getting any... yeah biofeedback, you know, human response, <laughs> they can text it or whatever.
0: Um, it's funny, right? My, my kids. Yeah. Stinking smart kids. I mean, what is up with that? So uh, you know, when they were younger, I used to say, you know, your generation, blah, 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 blah. Right. About two years ago, my do- I'm driving my daughter to school. And she's like, you know, dad, your generation, made us this way. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> right on. Right on. <laughs> you know, we we failed. And yeah. I don't know how that happened. I don't know where in the cycle
0: we failed. I mean we turned out to be schmucks. Um, <laughs> it is interesting how fast that seems to have happened. I
1: swear to God, I was just having my prom two weeks ago. Yeah, like, well, not 43, you know, not my 43rd yeah. birthday.
0: But um, but back then, I don't think we were taught the same things, right? And then yeah. somehow we have, our, our society, our generation has created this incredible shift mm-hmm. um, In in seriously, you know, 10 or 20 years. It's just, I don't know what to say.
1: I think honestly
0: just because
1: I can I lived both spectrums you know I grew up in a poor household I grew up abused AF I mean crazy I grew up moving all over the place in severe poverty and one thing that we didn't have much of was TV everybody else had TV we were just Mm -hmm. so poor we didn't have that yeah um And so for the majority of my life, and I'm 43, I'm Mm -hmm. really young. um, But for the majority of my life, I never had TV. And as I'm older, I watch Netflix, I watch (laughs) movies, but I don't really have access to that world. And um, I think the ones who did a lot of that, they they were restructured in a way that, Fear and paranoia is forefront in their world. Right. And listen to who's saying this.
0: (laughs) Yes. Fear and paranoia
1: is not the forefront of my world, and I'm coming from an abused background. Right. And coming from homelessness, where Hmm. it should be. Never a paramount piece for me.
0: Hmm.
1: But... For a lot of my peers, they're terrified of everything. Yeah. They're terrified. And I,
0: get it. I don't get it. it drives the the
1: pharmaceutical companies are just smoking this up, man. They're like, dude, be paranoid, have
0: anxiety. Wow. Yeah, be I mean, depressed. It's, it's, <laughs> down, <laughs> it's the politicians, it's yeah. the schools, it's, it, it's everywhere. Everyone is telling us to be scared. And so. I don't get it. I I keep saying, I can't be that scared. I don't understand how people get up in the morning and walk out the door from the way they talk.
1: (laughs) I, you know, I had reasons. I had real
0: monsters. I get that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I choose to still adventure. I choose still to live life and to taste the beautifulness of, what has been created for me to explore. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm a gypsy, 100%. Um, But somehow, somewhere, we became so terrified of each other Mm -hmm. that that broke down any kind of human race that we had. We're a human piece. We're a human fracture. Um, And I don't know if we can ever glue that back. It's really going to have to take a lot of creative parenting to do that um mm-hmm. you know because of my wacky sense <laughs> my daughter and i go camping and you know i taught her how to spear throw just for fun yeah um, you know to carve a stick and make a spear nice to build a fort uh, we travel all over the east coast twice a year
0: yeah. in
1: the car oh <gasps> oh, that's a, you know.
0: Um, <laughs> Is your daughter homeschooled by chance?
1: My ex-husband will, refuses to allow me to homeschool her. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of obstinance in that relationship. Um, <laughs> okay. um, she absolutely hates social media. She doesn't relate to, yeah. when we moved down here, a uh, couple of years ago, it was the funniest thing. She came home from school and she goes, "Mom," said what? She goes, "These kids don't know what a GMO is." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, Southern people think cows give orange cheese too." So, <laughs> <laughs> and that Kentucky Fried Chicken's a god. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> so is, isn't he?
1: <laughs> he actually had a hell of a story um yes,
0: he did absolutely
1: you know so give give i give him props
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so what but are you doing now? what am i doing now yeah i i am actually in chaos and mayhem as you know we moved into our new place so yeah. we have everything unpacked and it's just me so that's causes a lot of stress yeah. you know what it would take a couple to move into a two-bedroom apartment takes me a month because yeah. <laughs> it's me. I
0: yeah.
1: um, divorced
0: and moved into three-bedroom about a yeah. year ago so right there with you.
1: <laughs> yeah I'm going to be unpacking for the rest of the, the year. Um, I'm putting together a TV series with a producer up in North Carolina about the book the truth about poverty and scheduling talks on that. Um, yep. I host an international radio talk show, and I've been asked to be a featured author on Medium.com, and that's been crazy. I checked yep. my stats this morning, and it's very humbling and overwhelming because, again, I can't write. Um, <laughs> well, I, just do. Can. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> you know, if you have to, if, if you have to Google a uh, honey boo boo, which I had no idea what that was. Um, <laughs> You're not going to worry about it if I have a comma or not.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're good. Um, so that's, my world is really becoming quite yeah. busy that way. And on top of that, I waitress.
0: <laughs> okay. You
1: know, so I'm literally at about 72 hours a week. Okay. Um, wow. I have nine or 10 radio shows in the next two weeks that I'll be on. Wow. You're being one of them. Yeah. Yeah
0: and we appreciate you doing this, yeah. And is this all around your book, The Truth About Poverty, these nine?
1: Yeah, it's all about, you know, it's it's definitely talking, it's the story about what it's like to be poor. Yeah. Um, and the struggles and the apathy and, and the barriers and obstacles and how you kind of tilt your head going, huh, did you just say that? <laughs> 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 and then you, and then finding the compassion and the humor in it, you know, um, yeah. because the obstacles are a lesson, and compassion and humor make you a better person. Yeah. So you know, you never know what you don't know until you know. That's my that's my absolute motto, um, and I like to break things apart and find out, sometimes the hard way.
0: But I do. <laughs> <That's- laughs> I like the saying, you know, most people uh, try something and if it doesn't work, whatever that is. I, you know, I like to make a mistake four or five times just to make sure that it was a mistake, right? Right, right,
1: right. <laughs> Yeah, that's why God gave you the pinky toe. Right,
0: exactly, <laughs> I like that. Every like corner. That. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious, um, do you have any quick suggestions for how we fix poverty? If not, I, honestly,
1: okay. <laughs> I honestly think that the largest thing that we can do to fix poverty is to educate. I think there's a lot of ignorance around what poverty is. Mm-hmm. So then poverty stays there as the, the big elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, my second thing is I don't believe in projects. You know, I lived in the projects. I lived in poor neighborhoods. Yeah. And that is a huge barrier. So imagine being a child living in in pop, severe poverty, and you have the stresses because your children feel your right. as a parent. You know you have those stresses to go home to because you know the bill isn't paid. You might not have electricity. You might not have water. There might not be food in the refrigerator. Whatever the mites are, right? And you're walking through a neighborhood when you come home from school, filled with the same sadness, the same. <laughs> stressors the same stuff yeah it's just repeating generational stuff if you were to get off the bus and there's a veterinarian and a lawyer and a doctor and you know other people then there's hope you're planting seeds of hope you're planting seeds of oh well maybe i can be like miss you know sally next door who's a nurse instead of watching the domestic violence take place or the drug use or and I'm not saying that rich people don't do drugs because we all know they can afford it. Right. <laughs> just
0: well, just rich saying, people do, And not all poor people do, but right,
1: it's, you know,
0: it's Percentage
1: more common, uh, you know, these afflictions are more common coping mechanisms in in poverty states because you've just given up hope. That's you. You have no hope. And every time you reach out to ask for help, you get put down and people don't understand that people who have never actually been exposed to the realities of what poverty is. They don't understand how you end up just saying, screw this, I'm done. And you don't try anymore. There's no point in trying because every time you get up, somebody pushes you down. And that's, that's effectively what I talk about and want to hopefully educate people to understand so that we can do better for each other,
0: yeah, and and um, that word that you threw out there, I think, is one of the biggest things. It's pretty much um, ephemeral or amorphous, but hope, right? Definitely. You know, how do you give people hope? And I would say that's one of the biggest things for our entire uh, culture and society: hope and love, right? How do we bring those two back?
1: Well, and I think it's really interesting. Again, we're, we're feeding our minds and our souls with crap. You know, right. the Kardashians, who cares? <laughs> Are they paying my bills? No. If they'd like to, my address is 2828 South McCall Road. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I really don't care. I, I have this amazing child. I have great Things that I'm doing in my life. The world is beautiful. I live in a state that's sunny all the time. And, <laughs> you know, I truly dig living in Jurassic Park. I, the animals are so cool. So there's so much more to fill your life with than Bejeweled, I think is what it, that game is. Yeah, or thank you. Or, I was
0: to remember Bejeweled, yes. Yeah,
1: was- it just came to me. Or any of the stupid TV crap. Like,
0: yeah.
1: kill your television. And it's, and it's really interesting if you break those two things, From your life yeah how much you can do for other people and uh, I think that's where hope comes from is when we step outside of ourselves and change lives and so in me telling my story and sharing my story my hope is to allow somebody else to know that you're gonna you're gonna get through it, you know. I can't hold your hand and and drag you through your storm, yeah. but I am on the sidelines cheering you on. Yeah, and and you've got to go through this, whatever it is. But know that somebody's cheering you on. Yeah, um, and and, and need more of that.
0: I agree. I agree, and that's that's what I am attempting to do with this podcast is bring people like yourself on, and exactly what you're saying. Um, there is something on the other side, and so you know everybody has their challenges.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We all seem to think that everybody else's life is perfect, but we all have our own challenges. My personal uh, my personal recommendation is take a step, right that's what that's what I say. you know you. If you look at it as, you know, how do I uh, get out of the shelter, get back into housing, get a job so I can sit and and do all these, you're going to get overwhelmed and do nothing. Take a step. Are you out of work and, and, you know, you're worried that your money is going to vanish and you're going to lose your house and yada, yada. Take a step. Um, it, It comes back to what you were even talking about for your morning ritual. You know, come back to where are you? And, and again, my, my comment is take a step.
1: And I love that because it's, you know, when you're trying to survive a storm, that's what I call it, you know, Um, it's frustrating, it sucks, it hurts, you feel like time is going faster. Yeah. You can't catch up. You can't meet the right people. You're not in the right place at the right time. Things are getting worse. The spiral effect is so quick. Yes. Um, it's unbelievable how quickly you can ruin your credit and not even mean to. Like, that's yep. not even intentional. And that's the second thing I'd want to get rid of when I become president of the United States. Is that <laughs> I mean, <credit>. Crap. <laughs> Nonsense. Anyway. Um, you end up hurting so much and feeling failure and feeling fear and feeling sadness that you get in your own way and you trip your own self up. And that's okay. Right. My philosophy after everything that I've gone through is you've taken everything from me. What do I have to lose? Right. If this happens again, I'm going to do it better.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm going to
1: be stronger. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to be able to handle this better. Yeah. I don't want it to ever happen again. Right. But you know, that's my attitude and and so what? And and we have filled our emotions with so much fear and so much um materialistic stuff that we've forgotten that we really don't need much, you know. Camping's awesome. Get it back to <laughs> back. Get, you know, just Get real with what real is. And yeah. uh, you, you have to take that step. And if you can't step, crawl.
0: Yes. Exactly. And,
1: and that's reality. I mean, you're a soldier going through life. Buck up.
0: <laughs> <Yep>.
1: Right? <Absolutely laughs>
0: so. Well, thank you very much, Rusty. It has been fantastic nice. talking to you, hearing your story and your the wisdom that you've gotten from it. And uh, thanks for sharing with our listeners.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And one last thing, if yep. someone wants to get in touch with you, um, how do they do that? They Where's can
1: go
0: your to your book, or your talk, R-U-S-T-I-E. or your radio. Huh? Your, your book, your talk, or your radio, how do people reach you?
1: Rusty.info. So R-U-S-T-I-E dot And that's my website. It'll take you to everything you need.
0: All right. Perfect. And I will put that in the show notes so they can get in touch with you. Thank you. you very thank you. much, Rusty.
1: Thank you.